Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. In episode 145, I'm going to touch on retaining tissue while dieting because of course when we are in a deficit, we don't just want to get lighter, we obviously want to maintain our tissue because part of your goal is probably not just getting lighter in terms of body weight, it's probably losing body fat in particular. And as a result, we shouldn't just be focused on the scale shifting in a downward trajectory but we should be focused on it going down due to losing body fat and not just kind of losing muscle tissue so this episode is going to simply touch on right how can we ensure we're keeping our muscle while we're dieting and what we are losing is body fat throughout that process a quick update with myself before jumping into the episode so i'm currently a week and a half into my contest prep for the 2024 season which i'm really excited to do i've made a youtube video that is going over what changes have been made for the first week and uh, my goals for this season and my starting point etc so if you are interested in kind of finding out a bit more about it then be sure to check that out so jumping into the episode the first kind of topic i want to touch on when it comes to retaining muscle is going to be nutrition so when we are thinking about right how do we want to set up our diet when we're moving into a deficit Obviously, we've got more room for error when it comes to performance not being great because we're on less food. Food is one of the drivers of performance as well as obviously good sleep, appropriate kind of amount of work in the gym per session. But first of all, you want to make sure you've got an adequate protein intake. So let's just get that one out of the way first. What is an adequate protein intake? So round about two grams per kilogram is a good place to be. You can get away with slightly lower, however... When we are in a dieting phase, I believe it makes sense having it a touch higher, even if you don't need to. The reason being is protein has a satiating effect, meaning it simply fills us up. So having more protein can mean we don't struggle with appetite as much. So that's good reason itself just to increase your protein intake when you are heading into a dieting phase. As well as that, we burn more calories digesting protein than we do other macronutrients. What I mean by that is protein you... If you consume, let's say, 100 calories from protein or 100 calories from, let's say, fats or carbs, you're going to burn more calories in the process and actually be able to consume, on paper, more calories if you consume a higher protein intake in comparison to carbs and fats. So, and obviously muscle retention. Uh, so I, I do recommend having like a, at least like two grams per kilogram when you're in a dieting phase for that reason. The only kind of time I'd maybe look to drop that a little is if you are deep into a diet, your food's really low and you've really not got a lot of carbohydrates, which will be like one of your main sources of energy or your main source of energy, actually. So the only time I'd maybe consider dropping it is if you are in that position. Uh, But I'd probably look to drop fats first pretty low. And people like fats have like an important role for hormonal function. However, kind of dropping them for like a a short time frame isn't going to be the end of the world and isn't going to kind of ruin your hormones. Uh, And the reason being is it takes literally like no fat for weeks on end for that to take place. And that's probably not going to be the case because even if you don't have much fat in your diet, you're probably going to have trace sources of fat through things like maybe... Like if you're eating chicken, if you're eating any beef, eggs, etc., you're going to get fat in those sources. And even in like whey protein, you're, you're going to get some form of fat, although it's maybe not the best quality. And especially if you're supplementing with maybe omega-3s, which is a fatty acid, and krill oil as well. So two things I personally supplement with throughout kind of 
contest prep and in off season as well. And as well as having like appropriate protein intake, we also want to have appropriate rate of loss. And the reason being is when we are dieting, losing too fast can mean our energy levels will diminish, our ability to perform will diminish, just due to carbohydrates again being our main source of energy and uh, being in quite an aggressive deficit. So you a good place to kind of start is around about 1% of body weight per week. It's a good place to be if you're looking to kind of have a diet where you're not going to sacrifice kind of muscle loss. Can you push it a bit far, far, like faster than that? Definitely. A good way to kind of tell, right, are you maintaining your muscle is health performance in the gym. If maybe you're dropping super aggressively and your lifts are plummeting, then that's not a good sign. If you're losing aggressively and maybe you're dropping maybe a rep here and there every few weeks on your presses or half a rep here and there, uh, then you're probably retaining the majority of your muscle, if not all of your muscle throughout that phase. So yeah, make sure you've got appropriate rate of loss. The importance of this will get greater the leaner you get because body fat, we store body fat due to it being pretty much energy. It's an energy source. So if, let's say, our energy availability is very low, meaning we don't have a lot of body fat on us and we are eating low food, then I believe your your rate of loss should reflect that and be a wee bit slower. Uh, and if not, then you might be kind of risking muscle loss, if that makes sense. And as for what else you can consider is centering your food around training. So when you're dieting, we the time where our performance matters most isn't away from the training window, it is the training window. So if, let's say, you train later in the day, first thing in the morning, I wouldn't have a massive breakfast, I'd keep it relatively light and try and centre your food more so around training when you need it, when the demand for those carbohydrates, again, our main source of energy is going to be higher. So make sure you're having your food around the training window and... A good place to start is making sure you've got a protein source before and after. Maybe around, depend, it depends what, what your food's like, but maybe something like 70 carb, 50 to maybe 50 to 80 carb pre-workout, maybe somewhat similar post-workout. But instead of having fat post-workout, I, I, I personally don't. The reason being is fat slows down our digestion. Uh, we don't digest and absorb food as fast if we have fat alongside the meal. And post-workout, we want to kind of recover and spike insulin and also maybe replenish our glycogen stores, you could argue. You could also say, right, you're not training that body fart for a few days, so you don't need to. But it's shown our ability to utilize carbs towards building muscle is greater around the workout window, post-workout. So it makes sense to maybe have some more carbohydrates around that time. And also something to consider is just like keeping your pre and post workout meal pretty static and having pr quite a lot of structure with them so you don't need to follow a meal plan approach if you're dieting for sure however there is benefit in having some sort of rigidity around some meals for example if you have like a set pre and post workout meal that you know is going to fill you up you know is going to manage hunger uh, and you know will fuel you for your session then that's going to mean you're going to have predictable performance and what we want to basically ensure when we're dieting or not when we're dieting just as a whole it's like we've not got all these kind of moving parts we've not got all these kind of variables that are different on a daily basis because if things are different on a daily basis there's more room for error there's more things that can go wrong 
So having like a pre-workout meal and a post-workout meal that are the same, predictable, means you won't have to spend as much time on my fitness pal planning. You can just copy and paste what you had for the previous day and it just means it's a lot easier. What you could even do is if you have those meals the same, then you don't even need to track them. You could just track your other meals if you can weigh everything out, make sure it's the same on a daily basis and you know you're keeping them static then you can just maybe track everything else on a daily basis and that saves you again as much kind of mental time or yeah as much kind of mental stress and like physically needing to kind of input those numbers on my fitness pal so it saves you a lot of time also obviously this doesn't really apply to diet and it just applies to your nutrition as a whole but making sure you've got appropriate amount of water in your diet electrolytes in your diet as well and making sure you're not eating super far away from your training or eating maybe immediately before stepping in the gym because if let's say you let's say you shovel a ton of carbohydrates in right before stepping in the gym you won't digest them instantly it takes a while to digest carbohydrates uh, or food in general especially if you're having a source of fats with that to slow digestion then i wouldn't recommend having it immediately before training and as for like your pre-workout meal if you're in a circumstance where you can't eat right before the gym or you don't want to for whatever reason then that guidance may change in regards to how much you should eat around your training so next up i'm going to touch on sleep so sleep is one of again our main tools when it helps us recover and with sleep sleep is something that we still have the ability to control when we're dieting when we're dieting when we think about recovery capabilities it's generally like good nutrition and good sleep we've not got nutrition available so or we have got nutrition available sorry but we've got we were not in a calorie maintenance or a calorie surplus so our nutrition is compromised our recovery is compromised when it comes to our diet so as a result we want to be on the ball with our sleep there's no room for error you can't really get away with maybe not having consistent sleep with staying up too late and maybe sitting on your phone which means your session will suffer so there's less room for error with your sleep and it's shown that when sleep is poorer your ability to kind of retain muscle during a dieting phase will diminish it will be poorer so that's something to consider and you can i believe i've created an episode on sleep somewhere if you kind of scroll back or kind of search it in but some things to consider if your sleep is making sure you're getting around kind of seven to nine hours a night and making sure you are trying to limit light before bed sleeping in a cool room limiting stress before bed trying to get on your off your phone before bed because that's somewhat a stressor and it will stimulate you limiting caffeine intake which is something important when dieting as well and reason being is or limiting close to bed when dieting because caffeine puts us in a fight or flight state where we don't sleep very well uh, so they're all things to consider and sometimes like when you do head into a diet if you've been bulking for ages you might actually find you sleep a bit better just due to having less food in you due to being at a lighter body weight so sometimes you can get kind of like a second wind in regards to progressions in the gym just due to the fact that your sleep is in a better spot than it was previously which is something to maybe uh Maybe when you're going into a diet, have a positive mindset accordingly because your sleep could be in a better spot, etc. And as for your sleep, something to consider as well is if you center your food around your training, you have like no kind of carbohydrates. Like carbohydrates can have a sedative effect. I believe when carbohydrates are low and you don't have any kind of carbohydrates available and you 
you're wanting to maybe use fat or use what's also classed as adipose tissue, which is basically a fancy word to saying fat, for kind of energy when you're asleep, then you will produce kind of cortisol to kind of utilize that fat. So if you've got no carbs available, you don't if you don't eat before bed, you don't need to eat immediately before getting to bed, don't get me wrong, but something to consider if you might find you wake up during dying phases is how much are you eating in the later half of the day. So next up, I want to touch on training and specifically kind of training volume. So when we are in a dieting phase, our ability to recover, like I said, diminishes. So as a result, what we want to think about is the amount of volume or the amount of work we're doing in the gym. It's going to pretty much diminish uh, and as a result we want to maybe think about right how much overall volume are we doing how much sets are we doing do we need to maybe decrease the amount we need to do and when you instantly get into a diet like day one of the diet it's not like your recovery drops instantly it's a gradual process but like we still maybe have the opportunity to kind of build muscle in the earlier stages of a diet so you don't need to change an awful lot in that time but if you think, if like you notice the later end of the diet when you're maybe doing more steps, eating less food, that your legs are sore and they're not maybe recovered going into the next session, or the same applies with your upper body, then you may want to consider doing less work in the gym. Basically dropping the amount of sets you're doing. Because like when you're when you're dieting, for the most part, you're you're not building a ton of tissue, you're more so retaining tissue apart from maybe the early stages. So why are you trying to give yourself the amount of volume you need to build muscle if you're not going to build muscle? Generally, you want to do maybe maintenance volume uh, because any additional work, let's say you, let's say your, your ability to build muscle is going to be lower. And the reason why your ability to build muscle when you're dieting is lower is when we eat protein, we stimulate muscle protein synthesis. Basically, it puts us in an anabolic state. It puts us in a good state to promote muscle growth. But when we are dieting, our ability to drive MPS, our ability to drive muscle protein synthesis and put us in an anabolic state, a state to build muscle, diminishes. So if we've not got much ability to build muscle and we're doing, let's say, more in the gym or doing like a lot of kind of high intensity techniques, that's just going to drive fatigue without muscle growth as a result of that. What happens when fatigue is high? Uh, we are not as able to or we're not is likely to maintain performance we're not going to have the same ability to recover because we're doing more work we're going to potentially impact sleep in a negative manner because kind of cortisol is going to be high because you're doing so much work uh, so you're not kind of building tissue anyway so to help manage your fatigue to manage your performance don't really i wouldn't really recommend having much or I wouldn't recommend increasing the amount of work you're doing in the gym. If anything, you may want to kind of decrease the amount of work in the gym. And something to also consider is exercise adjustments. So like uh, I believe I touched on, when we are dieting, our ability to stabilize movements will also diminish because we like weight does somewhat move weight. So if we are lighter body weight, then our ability to kind of perform well on certain movements will be poorer and the reason being is we've not got as much body fat around here as like kind of our upper back or our midsection uh, so that's going to affect our ability to kind of brace and stay stable on more so compound movements and pressing movements I find and as a result what you can maybe look to do in some circumstances is swap presses 
that require a high level of stability. What I mean by that is I wouldn't recommend going into a dieting phase with all your pressing movements being from dumbbell work, barbell work or cable work. I'd recommend doing some form of machine work at the very least just so you've got a great ability to retain performance and retain muscle as a result when dieting because like I said your ability to stabilize those movements will diminish which will result in a drop in performance and there's nothing special about doing a barbell over a, over a machine like when we think about the difference between like a barbell bench press and a smith machine bench press you've got a wee bit more freedom over your arm path yes but apart from that they're pretty much the same there's nothing magical about doing a free weight barbell and if anything i'd say doing a smith will be better because you've got more stability which means you can kind of your st- your ability to stabilize movements not going to be a limit factor you can kind of output more force with that target muscle don't get me wrong i do think there's still a place for like dumbbell work barbell work but when we're thinking about just simply output or simply how much you can get out of that target muscle in that desired time you're going to get on better with the barbell uh, with the smith machine press the only caveat to that is like training movements that require stability can help you be more stable which can help your performance on maybe stable movements and non-stable movements and the same could potentially apply with squat variations depending on how intense the diet is what I mean by that is if your quads are maybe a limit or if your quads aren't a strong point in your physique and you really want to retain them effectively, uh, then maybe you could consider swapping to another squat variation, like a hack squat or Smith machine squat. But saying that, it depends how intense your diet is. Unless you're like competing or getting extremely lean, then you probably don't need to do this. Uh, and you'll maybe find out with experience, right? How is your ability to retain performance on certain lifts when you do get in a dieting phase? from simply experience and something else to consider as well is our execution so when we are dieting sometimes a bit of performance drop off is going to be somewhat inevitable this depends how much you're looking to diet and what i mean by that is if you are looking to maybe like drop a a decent chunk of weight and get really lean your ability to perform may diminish if you're looking to go from uh, maybe maybe your class is overweight at the moment, maybe you're just trying to get down to a healthy weight, then you probably won't have the same issue in regards to maintaining performance. But yeah, sometimes performance can drop when you're dieting. Sometimes uh, it's not as much as folks like to have the mindset of kind of retaining performance, retaining the logbook and kind of not kind of backing down and making sure they're like, just try, you know what I mean having that positive mindset and having that kind of resilient mindset in the gym sometimes it's going to happen you're going to drop a bit of performance if you're or in my case like if I'm like getting stage lean like performance isn't going to hold everywhere which is fine and something good to do is when you're dieting comparing body weights and what I mean by that is or comparing performance at different body weights what I mean by that is don't compare peak off season strength to uh, your leanest diet or your leanest kind of point of a diet strength compare right how is your performance let's say you're at 170 pounds how was it last time you're at 170 pounds if generally your performance is better that's a win so try and focus on like comparing performance that's at the same body weight instead of focusing on like peak bulk performance versus like peak diet performance because ultimately like if you are dropping a substantial amount of weight it's not going to be the same it's going to diminish 
And something very important to do in the circumstance is not letting it affect execution. So what I mean by that is it can be really easy, especially if you logbook your lifts and you're really kind of attached to the logbook, which is good and a beneficial thing. But it can also mean you sacrifice your execution. You can speed up the eccentrics, You can, which is the loaning phase. You can maybe pause for a shorter duration. You may cut range of motion short. You may use momentum. All these things mean you aren't actually retaining performance because your execution is changing, which will mean less kind of tension on that target muscle. So as a result, be mindful of your execution. Make sure it stays the same. A great tool to ensure your execution stays the same when you're in a dying phase is recording your sets. So looking back at footage saying, right, how's my control? Has it worsened? Is it the same? If it is the same, then that's a win. If it's maybe getting faster, then that's that's not a win. That's you sacrificing execution. So be mindful of that. And if that means needing to take a load regression here and there, then that's going to be better than than changing your form because at the end of the day what we're trying to do throughout our sets is not just hit a number we're trying to put a stimulus or we're trying to provide our muscles with a stimulus and if we have better range of motion better control and also maybe i cannot use the momentum in my opinion that's going to result in a better stimulus on that target muscle uh less likelihood of getting injured and as well as that you're also going to be able to kind of standardize your performance a bit more because you're not just kind of chucking weight about so you make sure you're you're not sacrificing execution in the pursuit to hold on to performance try to hold on performance the best you can but if you aren't if things are kind of changing then don't be afraid to drop load a little bit because at the end of the day it's going to result in a better end product of that dieting phase so next up, I want to touch on mindset when it comes to dieting. So when you're dieting, don't go in the gym and think, I'm weak, I'm not going to progress, I'm not going to retain performance. Approach yourself with confidence, or approach your set, sorry, with confidence. Go in the gym thinking, right, I've had a good pre-workout meal, I've had some caffeine if you have, you're hydrated, you've slept well, you've ticked all your boxes, and go in and think, right, I am not going to regress, I am going to hold my performance, I'm not going to let it happen. Like I said, it may happen, but having that mindset is probably going to make it less likely to happen. It's only going to have a positive effect on your ability to retain performance. So go into your sets with confidence because if you think you're not going to get a rep, you probably won't. Like I see it time and time again in clients with form clips. Like the only thing that holds them back is their confidence, is their their belief in themselves and their belief to on their ability to retain performance or progress or lifts. So... Don't walk into sessions thinking you'll regress, thinking you'll be weaker. It's only going to lead to regressions taking place. Go into your sessions with some aggression when needed and don't walk into your sets cold. Kind of flip the switch, kind of get a bit amped up for your sets. As cringy as it sounds, like it, it works. Uh, so listen to kind of music that drives some sort of emotion that helps you perform well. Uh, think, right, why do you want to why does this matter to you? You know what I mean? They use thoughts that will channel energy and then the outcome of your sets will be greater. Do you need to do this during a bicep curl? No. I think this is something big. Like when you are, when you're getting amped up for your sets, you don't need to do it on every single lift. Do it. Like I wouldn't say it doing sparingly. Like you can't do it frequently. Uh, and ag again, it depends. Some people will need to. Some people won't well to perform well. Some people can go in relatively relaxed and then perform just as well. But I think when you're starting out, you need to 
you, if you're wanting to prove your effort level, you need to get to the point where you get yourself maybe overly amped up for a lot of sets and you need to kind of drive a lot of aggression into your sets and switch on and off a lot and maybe make, make a bit of noise here and there to then learn to do that in a composed fashion, if that makes sense. Like, if you never visit that place, you're not going to be able to train with that level of intensity. So it's about kind of visiting that place and then learning to do so and remain composure with your execution, with not maybe grunting an absolute ton. That will just take away from your energy and your ability to brace. Uh, but yeah, don't walk into your sets cold. Switch on, have a positive mindset and tell yourself the reasons why you can retain performance. So a good example of why you're your mindset's important is if you've ever heard about the four minute mile what the four minute mile pretty much is is a story of i believe it was someone called roger bannister so he was pretty much the first person to run a mile in the space of four minutes and after him doing so a lot of under other individuals followed him so this was seen as impossible this was seen as not not no one was capable of it. No one done it prior. And then after this guy Roger done it, everyone else started kind of breaking that period. What changed during that time? Did a lot of people get faster all of a sudden or have a new, maybe have a new training tactic? I don't think so. I think it's just in between the ears, people knew it was possible, which meant they could they could do so. Uh, if you don't, go into your effort if you don't go into your sets with effort and belief that you can achieve something you're probably not going to do it so nice wee story to kind of finish off the podcast today but i hope everyone's enjoyed the episode if you did then any support is greatly appreciated which means feel free to share on your story feel free to leave a rating or a review leave a comment like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube uh, a great, i greatly appreciate everyone's support massively and hope everyone has a great rest of their day any guests or any topics you'd like covered then please just let me know and i'll happily take them into consideration